0: Yeah! Yeah! Who, 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 who. Whoa! Whoa! Who, who,
1: who, Whoa! I could be suing up. so I got my boat tie on, yeah.
2: I could be chilling now, so I got my dad hat on, yeah. Whoa! 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 Who. I could be chilling now. So I got my dad hat on, yeah I could be suiting up So I got my bow tie on, yeah Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow I could be suiting up So I got my bow tie on, yeah I could be chilling up So I got my dad hat on, yeah Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow ties Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to
1: another episode
2: of Dad Hats and Bowties.
1: It is the Kid XAB. It's your man, Distinguished. We about to jump right into the shits you heard. We about to talk about all the shit that didn't happen last week, this week, this week, and next week. Yeah, we into next week because we the future of podcasting. You feel me? Dad Hats and Bowties now streaming on all platforms.
2: That is a fact. Um, and and since you mentioned all of that, bro, uh, I think yes, sir, yes, sir. I, I think it's important for us to let people know what's up.
1: Yeah let's oh. let's do that. Yesterday's price is not today's
2: price We're back In case y'all didn't understand Yesterday's price is not today's price Bro, uh, before we do it, let's intro it We haven't been introing pretty well lately So we gotta get better at that But uh Oh man Damn
0: man, come on
1: There is a fucking all-man moment to tell. What's your all-man moment, bro? So, usually I don't do this, but uh, we got to do this uh, to one of my uh, brothers. One of my blood brothers. So, uh, I don't know how most people interact with their family. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different stuff you could do these days. You can do Zoom calls with your family. Uh, You can do... Um, you can do FaceTime with the family. You know, Facebook also has a brand new a device called Portal, Facebook Portal. You can do that with the family as well. Um, my family, uh, we're still a bit old school. We we we, inter- we interact with everybody via WhatsApp, okay? WhatsApp is the Caribbean version of uh, how we interact with everybody at once. So I have been alluding to this on the podcast for quite some time, and I want to make it very, very, very clear again on the podcast because we have listeners that listen to us that are both friends and family members. And just because they listen to us doesn't mean that they know us. So I have a brother who I never grew up with. I don't know my brother. Because we don't have a relationship. Um, I have several brothers, but this is one of the few brothers that I just... It's like a Facebook thing. You know, hi, bye. You know, you see photos of maybe his kids. I never met his kids. Um, I never met his wife. Again, I don't know this man's life. Yeah, so this is a brother that I didn't grow with. So, long story short, listeners, my brother... Saw that I posted somebody else inside of the family chat. A lot of you guys know me who listen to me all the fucking time. You know I promote. I promote everybody. <laughs> and maybe that's one of my downfalls. I promote. I probably promote people I shouldn't even be promoting. But I promote them because I like what, you know what I mean, they have. Or I like what it is that they're doing. And my brother says in the family group chat. I'm, I'm power." I'm,
2: Hold on
0: brie
2: bonnie hey brie uh you are live on air because i am doing the podcast at the moment um how are you <laughs> i am live right now and so are you Hi. you're live right now you said what Oh, <laughs> you're cl- well now that you're here we do have a question for you we're gonna get back to my man's Oh man, moment in a second. But um so I don't know if you've seen the meme by Justin LeBoy. Um that basically says that the Fred zone is important. Let me let me just pull it up really quick. Before before I uh get into that. Hold on. Uh Yes, please. Yeah, and distinct we're going to get to your <laughs> your brother in a second. But all right, so the so the the post is the friend stage is needed. Y'all be in relationships with strangers. How do you feel about that? Can you elaborate? What, what part?
0: I agree. Mm-hmm. I I agree. Okay. Granted, the friend stage is important, but you're not in the friend zone. Friend zone and friend and, stage and are what, two different things. What puts Once a person in the friend, friend zone, zone for you? You don't get out of the friend zone.
2: <laughs> God. <laughs>
0: you just don't like them there's no particular thing there's nothing that someone okay be friend zoned (laughs) it is it is or it is not Mm -hmm. complicated it's not that complicated people like what they like and they don't like what they don't like but it's true people be in relationships with whole strangers they like them for that sexual shit or whatever and then you know when shit gets real like oh i'm not having a good day Mm -hmm. now i'm a ghost because i don't need to talk to you about my problems because that's not what you're here for so, you know, you gotta have a friend. But you know, <laughs> we live in twenty twenty one. The dating pool yeah. is
2: Distinguished. Do you, you know, have anything uh, before we let Brie go? Social Any media. questions?
1: Nah I don't. I think what she said was, you know what I mean? That that's valid. I, I definitely uh I'm definitely all in agreement with what I just heard.
2: All right. All right,
0: later. Yes. Ah, I love it. Okay, let me go.
1: Yes. D <laughs> Bye. Yeah, so My brother basically felt a certain way that I was promoting somebody in general and I wasn't promoting him. And I was like, I don't think this is the appropriate... My brother is a striving hip-hop artist. I'm just going to say that.
2: Copy. So... (laughs) The way you said that got me laughing. So...
1: (laughs) So because he is a... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is this is Dad Hassan. I'm not I'm not sugarcoating anything. I'm just keeping it a hundred
2: because he's an artist. Shit. He's expecting you
1: to promote. Have you listened to his songs? De- I have in the past, and for me, I promoted it by default because he's my brother. But I personally really didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't think it was trash. I'm just like it wasn't for you. It's definitely not, it wasn't for who I was promoting it for anyway. I mean, my fan base probably was like, what the fuck is this? Not mm. knowing that was my brother, but they probably was like, what the fuck is this? That was a few years ago. And he's still been doing this. And I asked him, like, I called him on the phone. I said, you know, we're both grown adults. We could talk about it. I said, you know, I'm not going to, you know, disrespect you by talking to you on the phone because you're my older brother at the same time. I don't have to promote anything you put out. This is a fact. I'm not obligated to do that. Me and you, me and you don't have a relationship, number one. And number two, you know the way you were talking in the chat was, you know, I'm gonna keep promoting myself, you know, and I'm gonna do what I'm doing with or without you, my brother. That's cute, sweet, fine, and dandy. Because I'm gonna do the same thing. You don't see me in the in the family group chat bitching about why nobody's promoting Henry's events, why nobody's showing up to Henry's events, why nobody is bigging up their little bro. All of y'all's older than me, and you know the comment today. And, and and the family it just stuck out like a fucking sore thumb. Like, do you really want somebody to rub your back right now? You're you're my older brother. If anything, you should be asking me how you could support me. Right. You got your family. You married. I I, I just be so confused sometimes. X like I really be confused. Like, am I the problem? Because if I'm the problem, I'll stay the fuck away. Like it's it's fine. I already feel like I'm in my own little bubble anyway, because out of everybody in my, my family, I I, I, I would out I, and doing what the fuck I do. I mean, just so just so price went up. <laughs> that, that's basically what you said. Yesterday's price is not today's price. <laughs> Correct. Like the shit rubbed me the wrong way. And we did have a we did have a conversation about it. We did not get disrespectful on the phone. Um, our last words to each other was, "We'll talk to each other um, soon," um, because he doesn't live in the states. And again, this is a brother that I am not. You know, I'm like I'm. I, I feel I feel like I've only met him once or twice. And the first time I met him was very vague. It was when I was like maybe ten, eleven. It was it was a long time ago, and that's still my brother at the end of the day. But For any of my brothers that listen to this podcast that don't tell me that you listen to the podcast, I love y'all, but I don't have to promote shit y'all have. I don't have to promote shit. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on a podcast. I don't have to promote anything you do, anything you, and you don't have to promote anything that I do. But at the same time, I'm not going to be bitching about it either. I'm not doing that. And I've come to the realization that you cannot choose your family members, but you can choose how you deal and interact and what you say to your family members. We have a luxury of choosing our friends, and sometimes the friends we choose are more family than our family that we are biologically related to. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk.
2: I mean, it, it is what it is. I think that's true. I think sometimes people get entitled, and entitlement kills. At the end of the day, that's really what it comes down to. Entitlement kills. Once you start feeling entitled to anything, whether it's a person's time, presence, whatever it may be, you've, you've lost the battle. Because you're never entitled to an individual. An individual could walk out of your life at any moment in time. So... You know, and have their own reasons as to why they need to or want to do so. And when it Mm -hmm. comes to promotion and stuff like that, I think a lot of people take that for granted, too. They think just because they created something that somebody has to support it. And the reality of the situation is I'm going to support what I like and I feel comfortable supporting and I think other people are going to enjoy. That doesn't necessarily mean whatever your product is isn't good it just may not be for me and my audience. At the end of the day, at this gen- juncture in time, myself, you, and D-Flow are brands because we're attached to we're attached to this podcast, and of course, we do our own things and we're our own entities outside of the podcast. But we're brands, and we're in a sense a little bit of tastemakers because what we talk about on this podcast. We have people who come to us and say yo i i didn't I checked this out because I heard the podcast, and I thought it was dope or
1: That's fine. I'm reading
2: this book because y'all mentioned it, and so all all of that plays a part, you know what I'm saying. I can't start promoting things that I don't even believe in because if i if we have people that then are kind of listening to us and looking at what we're doing, and it's like hmm, yo, I like what they talk about, I like the things that they present." Let me go check it out And then they start Checking out stuff That even I think Is is not up to par Then it becomes An issue That becomes A, a problem for the brand So Yeah I, I 100% agree bro Um, Do I have An all man moment Um, Okay Well I guess this is An all man moment It carries over From last week So As many of the listeners Know We have been recording From home
1: With A fucking man
2: aspirations to return back to the office as soon as possible. And for the most part, that pretty much looks like it's going to happen between next week and the week after everything is pretty much set up. Um, Everything is Gooch
0: and you're going to see a new
2: setup, a new design. And we, we out here, we ready. Um, But in the process of it, one of the things that I got for the office was a table. For the sense of we put it in the middle, we be able to have, um, put uh, some of our equipment there and also, you know what I mean, somebody want to have a little right. drinky drink or something like that, they could put it on the table. blase blah. The table I got for whatever reason was triple the size oh, I thought wait, it was. Wait,
1: wait, for real? It
2: could not fit oh, in, in the little setup that we have. It just was dead ass. That joint looked like a hula hoop, bro. And I'm like... I thought it was a nice little circular small table, but the shit was way too big. So it was that downer. was a little bit yeah, of an on man because obviously, one, you can't, yeah, and you, you, you can't really, once you open a box, you can't really return furniture like that. Like, a lot of furniture places won't re- take a box once it's open. So it's like, damn, now I'm stuck with this table. It's a very nice table, by the way. So not stuck with it, but... It I, I have to use it for a purpose that is alternate than what originally, you know what I mean the, the Well we could was. always
1: we could always use that table for a show.
2: We could figure it out. But I think I have a I think we I think I have a spot for it that I could use it. But um but yeah, but the the positive out of that is the office is pretty much together. The mics are ridiculous can't wait to use those mics um and it's just way more homely now so i think when we have guests- i just
1: hope y'all know what basically what you know dad is saying motherfucker the price went up <laughs> okay <laughs> the price fucking went up Price um, went up. me and my guy me and my Yesterday's guy have been getting it's not today's price <laughs> say that me and my guy have been getting in in, in into the best shape of our lives We've been working out, you know what I mean, doing things behind the scenes, getting our eat healthy, on, strong. Ladies and gentlemen, just get ready for an entirely different experience brought to you by the most dangerous podcast on the face, stomach, and backside of the planet and the moon. Dad has some bow ties. Now, this is a fact, though. I
2: think, I mean, I was talking with my homeboy about this earlier today, and I think that is is relevant. Um, But yeah, this is the time. This is the time for anybody I think this is maybe A teachable moment too This is the time for anybody Who wants to make changes And wants to elevate Like for me I, I, I told you And we could just talk about this A little bit more I mean this is more of a Patreon episode And I'll go in more detail about it During the Patreon But for me I Listen I had a situation Where I felt like Yo This isn't Going in the direction that I wanted to, and it's a consistent right. thing, and I have to figure that out. Like I have to figure out what on my end. We can always sit here and we can always blame others or always find reasons to say, "Well, you know, I don't have to change or I don't have to make any adjustments." But the reality of the situation is, if something keeps happening, and I think this is important for people who are dating too. If something keeps happening a certain type of way and or if you keep bumping into the same type of person that you claim is a fuck boy or a fuck girl or any of that, like if it keeps reoccurring, you have to then look at yourself. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you are a fuck boy or fuck girl yourself, too, but you are contributing and you're entertaining the same type of people. And because you're attracting it, there's something that you're putting out there that's attracting that energy. There's something that you're putting out there, whether and not to say that you are taking on like the like you want negative things to happen to you. But there's something happening where these personalities or personas or things that keep happening, keep happening to you, whether it is maybe you are too soft, maybe Like you're a very nice individual and you're attracting people who see that and know how to use that, want to manipulate, want to exploit or aren't used to it. And they just want that energy in their life because they're always getting manipulated and exploited. So they want to be around that energy that they feel is genuine and and beautiful and soft and nice. However, because they've been growing up in scenarios where it's nothing but cutthroat. They bringing that same energy to you because you're healing, but you don't need their energy. They need yours. That's right.
1: That's right.
2: You know what I'm saying? So there's just a lot of uh, things where I just sat down and said, you know what? If I want a different result, maybe I just need to go inward instead of always looking outward, even though the scenarios with a lot of the outward, like the, the external factors, there was shit on them that I was like, damn, this external factor, whether it was a person thing or place is fucked up. But at the same time, it's like, well, where where do I start to stand and get firm so that I don't keep stepping into fucked up situations? So, you know, what I mean, that's really what it is. And I think all the listeners it's your time too. like really take some time, sit back, stop entertaining people, take a little step back and, and think about what you really want for yourself and then just focus on it for three to six months.
1: Well said, my brother. Well said. I see we have an item on the agenda, doubling back. When is it okay to double back to an ex? This is this is very interesting. I'm going a, I'm to a let the good brother go first. I don't know.
2: I, that shit, I put this on the agenda for, y- for y'all, for you and, and Flo. Flo's not with us today. But um, okay. I would say the question kind of arose because it's like, y'all know me. Um, I have a couple of exes, that I, and I said already that I have love for all my exes. Um, so in that, right, in that, which, comp-
1: which I'm pretty sure that inbox was wild after that one because them comments. I was like, oh,
2: yeah, I, I, I don't remember if it was. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't remember. But <laughs> what I will say, <laughs> what I, what I will say is, um, it, it, it arose like, yo, when is when is it okay? Because we, we do know people go back to their exes. So, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That, that's a thing.
2: So when does it become a scenario where it's not toxic, where it's like it's not one of those things where you just are attaching yourself to the old thing and not really going back to a healthy situation? Like, what what does an ex have to do to make you feel like, all right, this experience, knee is worth going back to? And... The changes that maybe needed to happen for this to work have happened.
1: Um, I don't want to say too much about it because I really feel like this conversation should definitely be saved more for a Patreon. So I'll definitely make sure I make a note of that in my phone. But what I will say is yesterday, my one of my business partners, uh, Phil uh, Philly, aka Fillmore Rich, aka Fillmore Rich Collection. Uh we had our second installment of uh suit uh Saturdays, but we had it on a Sunday. Uh, shout out to Amarachi for allowing us to uh uh be in their place of business. And you don't know, bring a lot of black, beautiful, melanated kings and queens together to just have real uh real talk among some nice uh West African uh cuisine. You know, food was amazing, drinks were on point. And you know, we had our DJ there, shout out to Tony Beats, Se, you know the vibes. Um so a very I would say this is a mutual friend that you and I have. Um, Her name will be disclosed. Um, She attended um, Suit Sunday. I was actually shocked that she came to Suit Sunday because um, she doesn't strike me as a woman who would come to something like this. And I say that loosely because I I could be wrong. I've I've known her. We've known her for at least, you know, the last seven, eight years. Um, And long story short, we were at the table, and I don't know why, but I guess my life... Is always the fucking butt of the joke because everybody wants to know what the fuck is this guy doing these days. What are you doing outside of business? Because we see a lot going on on your page, sir. Right. Um, and, every, and everybody wants to know. <laughs> it's like everybody want to know. And one of the questions was, um, we were just talking about current partners and then ex-partners. And one of the questions was, is there any communication? And I was like, with my ex-part, no, mm. I said there's nothing. And how did, and Then another question was, how does that make you feel? I was like, over time has gotten better. I mean, I, I feel I feel like I'm always going to feel a certain way about it because you have to think about the duration of the time. But you said something earlier, and the more and more I hear that, I've just come to accept that you cannot force anybody to stay in your life or in your situation. If they no longer want to stay in it. And you can't be upset if they just choose to up and leave. You know, I told you guys earlier, last year, uh, January, I was ghosted. And to this day, I don't know where that girl is, why I was ghosted. Um, And I had just met her uh, the previous year, that December. But she had other things going on. And when I met her, I guess I was a distraction for a moment. And once that distraction faded and her real life started to hit her when she would go back to work or, you know, do what she was doing, she probably was like, I'm going to leave this motherfucker alone because I'm fucked up right now mentally. I'm still not over what the fuck I'm over. I'm not trying to get him involved. Or maybe she was just like, all right, I got what I needed from him. Now, Now I'm out. Or maybe she was like, all right, cool, it was whatever, but I'm good. So what I'm ultimately saying is that I think if... Anybody, I mean, for me, if I am going to either one, go back to an ex, and I'm in a a very um, happy, thriving, successful relationship, or I deem that it's a very happy, thriving relationship, uh, an ex of mine would have to do something that I know is out of her character. Mm. but because I've dated a lot of women that have a lot of pride and probably wouldn't um, because I have friends that are my, you know, you know, ride or die women friends, they would probably, they probably would do more for me if they knew me when I was with my ex. And now that I'm not with her, they like, There's just some women that I feel like they take their friendships very serious, very personal, and they're there. You know, I had somebody randomly today who I didn't even think was going to. She was like, yeah, I see you got a show tomorrow. I'm popping out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay." The majority of the people that support me, and I guess I could speak for you as well, that support us. Is women. Women are definitely the backbone of a lot of industries in terms of support. We're not just talking about money. We're talking about putting energy, time, effort into helping you shape and make sure your thing is good. So I always think that that's a great thing. But in terms of you know just doubling back to just stay on that, you know, an ex of mine would have to do something that's out of their character. You know, there was other questions I was asked as well at the table, but I'm gonna save some of that for the Patreon. But you know, in closing, I just feel like if you're going to do that, if anybody's going to go back to any ex, you know, for all our listeners, if you're going to go back, you know, just like the good brother was saying, we don't know. Maybe when you guys were in the height, of, in the height, of, it looked like the shit was working. Like, but it just looked like the shit, just looked like the shit was working. And, and, in that case you might want to redefine what it is and why you guys got together in the first place because if you're going to get mm. back together my opinion this stage in the game you got to get married and
2: and and when I again what I what I want to add to that is like I'm not talking about getting back for some dick or or whatever no. I'm talking about like y'all really want to do a second try at the relationship and I think for me It's solely because I've had a lot of exes or ex situations where that person has had a lot of work to do. I would say that they'd have to do the work. And the biggest part about it is not just do the work in a a minuscule sense. You got to like do the deep work, find out like you might have to go to therapy for a year. Like, for some of the some of the girls that I'm talking about, you might need a year at, at minimum of therapy before I could even consider, like, yo, this sounds like something that I want to retry with you. I want to rehash. And I think definitely I'll go more in-depth in some of these toxic relationships that I've been alluding to over the years um, on Patreon. Uh, we're going to really dig into them. But, yeah, I would people would have to do the work. And I I know because I'm I'm connected with a couple of people that I used to date. And I know that some of them have done the work. Some of them have gone through experiences where I think some of that toxic behavior that they brought into my situation got reflected back to them in another person in another form. And I think some of that kind of whenever that happens, your realizations start to come to fruition. You start to understand, like, damn. Did I do something like this to other people? Like, why is... And you start to think about these things. And, like, you you realize maybe some of your faults and flaws. But, yeah, I would say do the work. Like, and you have to prove that you did
1: the work to me. Is, is there an ex that you would not only go back to, but is there an ex out there that if everything, you know, if all the ducks were in a row, if that person was who you knew they could always be for themselves, not necessarily for you, and the conversation arose, could you see yourself not just getting back with that ex, but actually taking that ex serious as, okay, you could be my potential life partner? Um,
2: That's a good question. Uh, good question. I would say this. There's one girl that if... She ever was to reach her potential um, In the past I would have 100% Said Yo I would want to make this work And I take you seriously Unfortunately for that girl She's used up way too many of her passes So for her It's, okay. a, it's a dub There are okay. two others That I feel like if they did the work so no. so one of them was a great girl. She didn't have to do much work. It just seemed like a maturity difference. And I feel like if there was some growth in that area, for sure, 100%. Right,
1: right, right. Um,
2: and then there's another girl that I would say if she did the work, there's a potential, but there's just also, I think what some of her expectations are, for what she would want her partner to do to make her happy are not 100% in line with me and what what not necessarily I would do because I feel like I would do some of these things, but I don't know if they would make me happy to constantly be expected to do. And the reason why I say that is because I think partly because of the way our history is, um, the expectations were coming when they weren't deserved. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm. uh, contrary to popular belief on social media, just as men have to do things to, to deserve what women provide and bring to the table, especially in all of the divine femininity that a woman would love to bring, like... If you want your woman to do certain things, then you're going to have to bring certain things to the table to deserve it. The same applies. And I don't think that, you know, our society doesn't really focus on that. And then we end up breeding some women, not all. Don't take it like as an attack against women. But we end up breeding some women that are spoiled brats. And what I mean by that is they have all the expectations in the world and what they think or what they want to bring to the table ain't shit. It it really is not shit. And it's like, I'm supposed to just show up and be cute and pretty and every now and then say, baby, it's okay, baby, it's okay. And that's supposed to be my contribution to the relationship. Fuck that. Nah, I'm not with it. So I just think that sometimes um, women have to understand that they – there are certain if you want to do to show up in a certain type of way, he has to feel comfortable showing up in that way too. I'm not just going to be spending crazy bread and and not not necessarily saying that this is the the crux of what was the issue with us, but I'm just saying in general, I'm not going to be spending crazy bread. And I just met you. I'm not. I'm not buying you no Chanel bag. And we've been dating for three months. I'm not going. Or if I know actively. That this doesn't feel solid. This don't, I don't even know how much you really like me. Right. And, and that's the part that we always, like, it always becomes the butt of a joke and whatnot is, like, oh, he's a brokey if da-da-da. No, some niggas just are secure with their money, and they, they're willing to spend un- abundantly. But they have to feel like they're safe to spend that money. You end up spending thousands of dollars for a chick to ghost you.
1: What, yo what sense no. does that
2: make <laughs> What's the, and that's not and that shouldn't be the bar or the standard that men have to jump through in order to and chalk it up to the game like yo well it's the game I spent this money and it's the game no that's not the game like, the, game is, the, the game. Game. <laughs> game is fucked up if that's the game the game is fucked up if that's the game the game really speaking, should be go ahead bro
1: yeah I was about to say and speaking about that uh, we're about to get ready to play a clip. Does money make you more attractive? If so, why? So I definitely, again, at this uh, social brunch yesterday, I definitely was having a similar conversation. And I will really leave a lot of my viewpoints, again, for the Patreon. What I will say is this. There was always a fear that I had, and I've talked about it explicitly on this podcast, that once I get into a certain type of money and a certain type of bag, You know, I'm not going to say too much about it. It's going to be offline. I'll speak to my brothers about that. There's a lot of other things that's happening to me that I've always wanted to happen in terms of financial. And it looks like that actually is about to fucking happen. It can happen literally in the next 72 hours. That's how serious things is is rapidly changing in my life. And I've always told myself I really don't want the money to change me because... If the money changes me, I'm afraid of who that fucking person is going to be. Because you got to understand, ladies and gentlemen, think about a man that's been grinding his whole fucking life and his career, his passion. Let's take, you know, let's take music and poetry out of it because that's what I do. Let's just say a guy is trying to be a plumber and he's trying to be the fucking best plumber on the face of the planet. And, you know, he takes up these side jobs and he learns more about his craft. He goes to school for it and he's just not where he wants to be at. And then he has like a mental breakdown, and then a few years he's like down and out. And then one particular year, he lands this huge opportunity to work on this big uh, an investment company that has been buying up a lot of property. And now he's in a position to not just be the plumber for um, for that, you know, creating the drainage and all of that stuff and the sewer lines to connect to the street. He now has landed himself into a bag where he can employ. A hundred men and women to do this work with him. So now he goes from just a regular plumber to now CEO. And now he's in charge of this huge contract and he's doing that. When a man that has been going through bullshit in his craft, and his career, he's had people that have left him because they didn't think he should be where he needs to be at or vice versa. When he finally gets there, I'm speaking from experience, mentally, that does something to the psyche that really that makes him look at himself outside of himself differently because he's, he's no longer the same man. He's a different man. He's, he's acquired a different type of wealth in, in his career that if he didn't go through what he went through, he wouldn't have gone. And now that he's there, he's going to look at his options because his options have now been, you know, his pool is bigger now. It's different. And we're about to play this clip. Let's get it.
0: A six and get yourself a bag and turn into an eight. There's chemical pills, chemical pills that a lot of celebrities that you see these dirty little kids that's 21 years old that all of a sudden get a major deal. They get it, they take a couple of chemical pills and it and it takes off the dead, nasty skin on their face. They start getting a nice little clean shape up and then they get themselves a nice little outfit and they get clean clothes, crisp clothes, and out of a sudden they might have been a five. And now they're a seven. Get their teeth fixed. They get their teeth fixed. And and cosmetic surgery is real. There's girl who's there's girls who's getting their face completely redone. And if it's done proper enough, she could have been a five and turned into an eight. Over the course of a six-week to eight-week healing period. Now we even came up with this term when I, it comes I've to never beauty. heard. I've never heard that. you have naturally beautiful. Yeah, that that ain't it. No, beautiful is 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 can that's be bought. There I are think people. It who, there it is are to people you. who are who are born naturally more aesthetically uh, ple- uh, pleasing to the eye. Yes, but beauty can be bought. With I think we money get the gist of it. So um, many different things that come into play with being he, he basically
2: beautiful. also. That's Rico, by the way. Shout out to Rico. Um, he basically also talks about like how men, if you're if you come into a bag and you can consistently groom yourself and get a haircut, um and keep yourself in in nice clothing and keep your body right, um due to money, it makes you more attractive. So, um I agree. Yeah, I'm not. I do not oppose. I agree. I, this is the first time I feel I, like, and nah, Rico has had maybe two or three now that I agree with. So. I don't know if you want to go more um, more into it.
1: Yeah. So I'm not going to give it all away because some of it is for my brand. It's not me keeping secrets. It's there's a lot of things that I'm trying to get out of how I'm building myself and, you know, what that looks like. So. A lot of stuff, again, I, I, some of you guys should have been there. A lot of things were said at, at this uh, social brunch. And one of the things was, <laughs> I a mutual friend, touched my arm and was like, oh, wow, like I see you've been in the gym a lot. I see you online, like you you getting up there like daddy been working out type shit. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm really trying to get my body like to where it's at. Like I'm not joking. Like I was like, I, 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 I said I've cut out smoking and I've cut out smoking hookah like, I mean, I, I've cut out smoking hookah and I've cut out uh, drinking. Like I really want this fucking body. I said, hence why I'm going so fucking hard in the gym. I said, what I show you in you know in these clips on the gram, that's nothing compared to what we're doing. I said, yo, Philly and my other trainer, shout out to uh, the God Leak. The motherfuckers is really killing me. Mm-hmm. I really be in pain at the end of the night. No bullshit. They got me eating certain things. They got me drinking. Certain, they got me drinking shit I don't even drink, bro. You know, but it's on the healthy side. No, like you know, steroids and shit like that moral of the story is this. I told myself years ago. It, it, it never left me. Years ago, my good brother Xab and I had the privilege and honor of doing press for Tank. Shout out to Tank, and we were doing um, we were doing press for Tank at a theater. I forgot the name of the theater, um, but it was being sponsored by Live Nation, and um, this was like somewhere in Long Island, maybe like Old Westbury, and. We were, you know, sitting in the audience and we were, you know, filming Tank and Tank is on stage doing his thing. And then he takes his shirt off and the ladies go fucking crazy. The motherfucker didn't even start singing yet. The ladies go crazy. Then I think uh, one person or maybe two, somebody put fucking $50 inside of his belt buckle. I was like, what the fuck is this? And then it clicked to me like, if I can get my body where it needs to get to. I can add more allure to my brand as distinguished. And then something at the table that was mentioned was, "Oh, but you're already dressed nice and you already perform lit, like you're a dope performer. You know, girls go crazy." I'm like, "Yeah, but what I want in my performance is something that he didn't even have to really do. It's just how he looked, and that is what. And ever since then, this was years ago that me and X did. This was probably like almost three, maybe more than three years ago now." And it just it it never left me, and I was like, I, ha, I have to get my body right. And I've noticed since I've been in the gym, I've been seeing some changes. You know, definitely a lot more work to do, and I've been feeling better about what it is that I'm doing. And I, obviously, you know, I, I wear suits and stuff, but it makes me feel even better knowing that yo, in a few months, shit, in a year from now, I'm not even gonna be the fuck. I'm not even gonna be able to wear this fucking suit. I'm gonna have to, you know, get maybe a size. Of, That's it. You know what I mean? Yesterday's price is not today's price. Big facts, Fat Joe. You know the vibes. And (laughs) I feel like as a man, and the good uh, brother XAB and I talked about this, when you elevate yourself spiritually, emotionally. Talk about it. Financially, verbally, when you start to change how you talk about people and how you talk about yourself and how you talk about life, Um mentally you know when you do the work as the brother said when you do the work and go to therapy when you do the work and go to your counselor, when you do the work and you don't just go there because you feel like you need a quote-unquote shrink. You go there because you actually want to change what's happening in your life on an emotional level. You don't want to continue to always be having outbursts at work or you don't want to continue to have outbursts at the dinner table or, you know, with your partner. You want to really hone and get your feelings under fucking control because we want you to be a productive member of society. We want you to win. We want you to be at your best. But in order for you to be at your best, we have You have to be willing to do the work while you're at your worst. You got to dig. You got to go in with, like X said, you got to go in. You got to really dig deep. You got to pull the more greatness out X. of you. I'm just saying, we want you to achieve greatness. And in order for you to do that, you got to realize the negativity that you've brought, the negativity that you've been a part of, and the transgressions that you've allowed to take place within your world and your environment get the best of you. Because the last thing... We want to hear is, damn, he could have or she should have. No, we just want to know, all right, you went inside for three, six, nine months, 12 months, and you did the work. You know what I mean? Caterpillars, at the end of the day, we want them to become butterflies. But in order for a caterpillar to become a butterfly, the the caterpillar has to come out of that cocoon. You got to break free. But you got to do the work.
2: Man, listen, you hit on... So many points that I constantly tell myself we podcast
1: podcasting, baby. Let's go,
2: especially the caterpillar cocoon and butterfly um metaphor. I've been going like I've literally been replaying that metaphor in my head over and over and over and over because it's like I'm looking at certain things. And so, for those who don't know, like the more detailed version of that metaphor, it's like when you're a caterpillar. You're living life and you're free, but you're still young minded or you're still growing in in many different ways. And you really haven't blossomed yet. And then you go into the cocoon. But obviously, most of us know that within this metamorphosis, the cocoon stage is stillness. There's nothing going on. You're not still partying. You're not able to move like the caterpillar is able to move and able to web and able to eat. No, you are in. A homeostasis with a hardened shell around you And you are still As this metamorphosis is happening And then you come out And you're a butterfly And you're able to view the world And experience it in a totally different light And I've been saying that to myself Because that's how I feel I feel like, yo I sat myself down and said Yo, you can experience so much more You could do so much more. A lot of our our mutual friends are elevating in different ways, and it's a beautiful thing to see. It's something that I love. It's something that I am so proud of and excited to see. But then, to be honest, it makes you reflect on what you're doing. And within that reflection, and see, this is the difference between being jealous of people around you and being inspired by people around you. When you do that inner reflection, the conclusion that I come to, at least, I can't tell anybody else how to feel, but the conclusion that I come to is like, damn, this is so fucking dope. What do I now have to do to make sure that I can keep up with my brothers and my sisters that are doing so many amazing things and not keep up with on some competition joint, but more so... When I think about all of us going to brunch one day and being like, yo, let's just all chill out. Let's just go out and eat. I want that table to look unified in the sense of, damn, that table over there, all them niggas look like something popping is happening. All these niggas Mm. is on some shit. I don't want one of our friends to come through looking like they on top of the world and then they hanging with some bums. You know what I'm saying? And vice versa.
1: Factory, factory.
2: And I'm not just talking about in terms of looks, I'm talking about like distinguish it. In terms of your spirituality, your mental, everything else, you could be at a table and somebody is just talking foolishness, and they ruin the whole perception of the entire table. And that kind of goes back to one of the, goes to one of the questions that we have um, moving forward. But like the Tory Lane situation that that um, T Pain spoke on, but that one person talking crazy or that that few or let's say you the fly nigga at the table and everybody else is just talking bullshit, that can be the make or break of y'all getting a deal. That could be a make or break of someone interesting coming up to you and being like, Come on, yo, about it. Who are y'all? And you know what? I want to be connected. And best believe there have been times where I've connected with high profile people just solely off of a look or how I communicate or present conversation. myself. Conversation. Right. So. I just do really think that, yeah, bringing it back, money can definitely make you more attractive, but more so in the sense of just elevating yourself, not just on cosmetics. They spoke a lot about cosmetics in that clip. But like you said, money spent on books to elevate your mind. Money spent on Uh a trainer.
1: Money spent
2: on, on... some some clothing, not again, not on like a cosmetic level, but on some like, yo, bro, when, you, when y'all when you all go out to the club, you got to understand the purpose of shit. And I think that that's another thing that's been put in perspective for me. When I'm going to the club, I have to go to step out now. I'm not just going to the club to go to the club. Those days were in the 20s. You go to the club and it's maybe you want to hang out with your boys and right. pre-on girls. There's not much
1: thought, effort into the outfits. You're just hanging out with the homies.
2: Yeah, and you still looking good, but it's more so on some like, yo, I'm going to the club type joint. Now, I feel like if we go to the club, we have to get a table and we gotta mm-hmm. be we gotta be stepping. Like it we gotta go and we gotta shut down the club in some way, shape or form. Maybe we not throwing That's the it. most money, but our section look crazy. Who them niggas? Who them and niggas I was sitting section, over there?
1: Our section our section has looked crazy. A couple of times, and that was years ago. Now, imagine if we was to do that again with the same group of gentlemen and women. Haha, <laughs> man, we're talking a whole different situation. Yeah,
2: talking about what an elevated status, people having their own businesses, people having more money in their pocket, people having more ability to do certain things and have certain conversations and talk different. And I just think that that's a beautiful thing. And I, like I said, I'm gonna, I've applied that into a six month journey for myself that I'll talk more about. Um, on the Patreon And I know we keep Mentioning that But This is something that We are definitely Working on Bringing to the To the table And And uh Really Treating our real fans Like our Our full fledged fans That are interested In our life We We talk about our life On this podcast But Getting more in depth I think Is just one of those things We want to do But I do feel like You know I had to sit myself down And be like Are you Happy with where you are. Not are you happy as an individual. You could be happy as an individual. And not happy at, in terms of where you are. Those are two different things. Am I happy as an individual? Absolutely. I'm I'm not depressed. I'm not upset. I'm not sad. I'm not any of that. Am I happy with my progress? And where I would like things to be? No. That's the, That's the honest truth. And instead of saying no. And being upset about it. It's. No, so what are you going to do about it? That's it's it. And and that's the conclusion I came to. Um, and I said, yo, I got to make some changes. I got to stop going on dates. What am I
1: dating for? The, Damn, at this... a, lot of, a lot of people don't like that. Oh, man. No I... more free meals from XAB? Sorry, no more free meals from XAB.
2: But you know what it was? And this is just a little piece we'll give away from from this journey i'm dating the same chick in with a different face and a different body and the reason why i'm dating wow. the same chick is because i'm at the same i'm at a level that attracts that type of chick i'm not going to attract what i want to attract because i'm not at the level where i'm going to keep coming into contact with the type of woman i know i'm I, i'm that's really going to capture me That's really gonna like that. That's gonna take my mind and flip it upside down. That's gonna have me googly eyed. And one of the things that I noticed too is like, I don't know how many times before me showing a lot of interest, a woman was straightforward with the interest that they had in me. And I'm like, yo, in this in this like stillness, I was like, yo, I find that to be attractive. And I find that to be necessary for me to build a foundation now. It's no longer just, oh, I'm going to just show as much interest and then this girl eventually falls for me because at the end of the day, I'm starting to feel like because that's a somewhat of a pattern is, you know, going after the girl and eventually she starts to fall for you after X, Y, and Z amount of time, which I think is great. What happens when it's mutual in the beginning? Without... It having to be, you still put in the work at the end of the day. But what happens when it's mutual from jump? She is just as interested as you are without there being the the four, five, six, seven dates. Before y'all even go on a date, she's like, I wish this motherfucker asked me out on a date. Like, what happens when that energy is mutual? And that's like another thing I said, all right, you know what? I need to elevate me in certain ways in order to attract what it is that I think. At this moment in time. Is necessary for the foundations that I want. Amen. But that leads us into. That leads us ironically. Into uh, Shikari Richardson. And what some are deeming to be. The race of her life. She is going to be racing. Against some of. uh Well I think a lot of the notable names. Of the women's Jamaican team. As long as. As well as other. Racers are going to be in this 100-meter dash that's coming up. Um, my question to you, my good brother, is
1: does she need to win this race or or she at least to. qualify?
2: Like, does she need to be in
1: the top three? Nah, she can't be in the top three, bro. She, she has to win. If she doesn't, me personally, with all of the drama that has been brought to her, whether she brought it on herself or not, you know, because the media has a funny way of fucking spinning shit. Especially what I'm learning to, so I feel like I feel like the media. I mean, the list listeners don't kill me, but I feel like the media be trying to OD with women in sports than they do with men. I feel like men by default, you know, you're gonna you're gonna have that, but with women, the media be the media's nasty, man. Like they really nasty with it, bro. Like they will try to kill that woman before she does anything else again, and it it gives no real breathing space for her to redeem herself. But we've seen white athletes do stupid shit, and they've been able to bounce back. Obviously, there's been black athletes that it probably takes them a bit longer, black men, to to bounce back. But in women, man, if you don't have a strong mind and support system, they will try to bury you within the same fucking sport that they're paying millions of dollars to see you do and, and participate in. Yeah, if... If Miss Richardson doesn't win, bro, it's over. Do like, you do it, you feel it's, it's like over.
2: like do you feel her name will be like we won't hear about her anymore or do you feel her name is now bigger than the
1: sport? Her name was becoming bigger than the sport. But this black cloud that's over her I think there's a black cloud that is hindering what her legacy could be. Um, I think she needs to sit down with some of the women that she's going to uh, possibly be going up against from Jamaica's team, if that's possible. If not, to sit down, maybe a Zoom or a phone call. She needs to sit down with Usain Bolt. Um, she needs to sit down with some of the greats that are probably in their 60s and 70s right now and have a real conversation. She needs to mentally get her fucking mind together. I don't think her mental is all the way there for this. I feel like going into this, there's already pressure because of who she is. What she represents is a little tainted right now. Because we don't know what this is going to look like. Especially if she loses. I think, obviously, we know what it's going to look like if she wins. But if she loses... Listen, Nelly made a song years ago. He said, what does it take to be number one? He said, two is not a winner and three nobody remembers. That is what this shit is about. She, she has to win. <laughs> her credibility and her name is on the fucking line. Nike accidentally made a fucking commercial and put her name uh, in it and it wasn't about her. To me, that's like Nike's even letting you know, like, haha, joke's on you. She yeah. has to win and then I would leave. I would I would win. I wouldn't do no extra shit neither. I wouldn't be pointing in the audience that she's been... To. No, you fucking win. You bow. You take your medal. You tell them that, you know, right now you just want to spend time with your family and celebrate your win privately. You don't do no fucking interviews. And you come back a month later and you say, you know, I'm officially retiring and resigning from the sport. And you do some other shit.
2: Yeah, I'm not... I don't think she's going to win, dog. Uh, that's just wow that's shit i mean um i mean the jamaican women have just proven to be yeah, the they the, dominate the best in the in the sport and um miss Richardson is is still young i think she's what 22 now or 21 still yeah, i'm yeah, not, yeah. not even yeah, sure yeah, she's young yeah i know she's young um and she has more time to develop so i i just don't know if right now she will win against there's I think four of the the women from the Jamaican team in this race. Yeah, four, yeah. And so That's a
1: lot. That's a lot.
2: Yeah, and we're talking about Shelly Ann, which we know is has been dominating <laughs> in this race almost as much if not the same as Usain Bolt. Like so like she's very a dominant force. Uh you got the young lady who won Recently I'm not I can't remember her name right now But Yeah me neither But yeah
1: She's also a force to reckon with as well
2: Yeah And so Like I just don't know if It Like I don't know She's even gonna be in the top The top three I would want her to be Because I do think Like you said The media It's not her fault To me It's not on her But the media has overhyped This whole scenario Every week Mm -hmm. There was a new headline like this girl could not breathe, sleep, or eat without there being a headline about it, and so it's one of those things where it's like, yo, y'all hyping this individual, and we don't even know what she can do. Yes, we have seen her win uh, to qualify and be first place and whatnot, but she has a re- she still has to build her resume. It's like somebody doing one one preliminary test and you trying to hire them to be the ceo now and i just feel like it's a little unfair to her like i said i don't think it's her fault i think it's the media but it's a little unfair to her and i also feel like now there's mounting pressure like you said on her shoulders and i don't know how that's going to translate if she does win kudos to her and that's amazing and i do feel like that is going to solidify her name, like you said. Even if she doesn't do another race, if she did res- resign or whatever, it's going to put her name in in the conversation where it already has been, getting beats commercials with Kanye West and things like which, that.
1: Which, which was fire, by the way. Definitely fire. Was, that was definitely a good look.
2: Fire. And I'm all for it. Like, you know, let's elevate this young queen. But I also think there's something to adding to your resume and actually – having some accolades behind whatever it is that we are celebrating. So I hope that 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 does happen. Um, we got to talk about this. We we definitely, because we've been calling for this for the longest time. And finally, Miss Megan d Stallion. Now, she's been doing this previously, so not finally. But she's given us something more recently that I feel... We just need to hear on the album. But before we get into that conversation, I'm going to just play it. I got a nasty little fetish. I'm a nasty little bitch. I love the shit on these niggas. I love to
0: piss off a bitch. I don't announce my moves. I like to keep shit private. Just know a bitch been working when i been too solid. All you hoes can suck my pussy disrespectfully. How a ho gon' punk me on my spot that can't get next to me? Your vocab don't go past, period. Ho, don't question me. Any nigga publicly hatin' is making less than me, I bet you. They should call me Dr. Miami because I body them hoes. Gotta dick ride niggas to get close from them. Bitches by one little person think we part of them. The ball gon' stay in hell cause them Twitter comments gon' lie to them. I am I am not the new her. I am way cooler. Megan is a force, so you know I need to perk. Told you I'm Regina, but these bitches ain't okay to me. If she moving funny, then I get the hoe away from me. Head game crazy, yeah. I don't want no babies yet. So every time he busts, I tell him aiming my esophagus. All these niggas on my body like a fashion set. Only time they trending when they diss me, but I'm owning that. Hoes don't get responses. Yellow tape, I'm moving cautious. All these niggas acting po- <laughs>
1: She definitely went off When you sent me that originally I stopped what the fuck I was doing Just to go outside and listen to that I was like Oh Yeah I think I was at work actually I stopped everything I was doing I was like Oh you did this I said yo I gotta go to the bathroom I'll be back
2: Nah nah She went stupid on this Like bars galore And I just need a song like this on the al- I know I need about Three to four of these On you the album You need three or four of these bro On the album Along with the shaking ass Sucking dick And she spoke a little bit about it, but it was still transitioned into bars. And so I need she was giving us bars. Yeah, I need just I just I need three or four of these, along with the 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 four to five, you know what I mean, ratchet shits, and then maybe two to three experimental. You wanna do a little bit of a pop record? Go ahead, baby girl. You wanna sing a little bit, because we know you was trying to do that on some of the previous albums. Go ahead, baby girl. But this is all I'm asking for. Is that you do these in the freestyles every time kill these shits. If you need to just do a freestyle on the on the on the fucking album, do a freestyle, do a 2 minute freestyle, but this is what I think brings her to the next level. For me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cardi has proven it. Um and now it's it's Megan's turn and to be honest, I know we're gonna talk about her a little bit. Lizzo be snapping a lot as well. Lizzo be saying some shit. Something. I'll be like, whoa. I mean, that last record she put out with Cardi, that <laughs> that verse is very interesting. <laughs> that, Lizzo, that verse Lizzo is snapped. very fucking interesting.
2: Lizzo snapped on it. That song, that song, they snap. I honestly I was staying away from it, and I still haven't listened to the full thing yet. Because the whole rumors and I'm I'm just tired of the aesthetic. It's like all right, Cardi, you did the same um butt ass naked shit with right, Armani. Right, right, cause cause don't cause don't Cardi got a song called Rumors? I don't know if she has a song called Rumors, but I know this like aesthetic of like I'm naked with gold and I'm naked with this or I'm I'm scantily clad. I don't have no issue with it. Don't get it twisted. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of seeing like that aesthetic, especially when it comes to Cardi. Um and I get it. I think Cardi right now is just being like, I am pregnant, but I'ma still show y'all niggas that pregnant could be sexy, and I'm all for it. I'm just tired of it. Right. Like my eyes. My eyes are just tired of it, tired of seeing it. But um, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, yeah. Like, though, for those of you who thought that we had a vendetta, I definitely had someone who was a fan of the show. I don't know if she's still a fan of the show. She seemed to have uh have taken issue with with a conversation that we had in the inbox. But um, Oh wow! A, a fan of the show used to feel as if we had an issue against Megan, and that was never the case, um, because we we uh, were a little harsh on on her album. The album was just trash. That's what it was. But <laughs> we
1: are huge fans Those of her. exact words. Yeah, <laughs>
2: we're just we're huge fans, and we know what she's capable of. And I just want to see her get right. to that next level. I don't want her to be. A, a B-list B-less female rapper When I know that she could be a- A-list And really truly in likes of Nicki and Cardi And everybody else that's grinding To be in that top spot Like I don't want her to, to fall off And I feel like If she continues to give us that mid-level shit That she gave us before It's not gonna capture me I know that You know what I mean Maybe everybody else will be on board with it But for me she she'll never be a Cardi or Nicki, um, in terms of relevancy, um, and I think her skill set is better than Cardi, and I think her skill set could even rival Nicki because she be spitting, she
1: be going yeah, hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you know Megan I mean? is a Megan is a spitter. Um, I feel like I feel like I mean she's not on the agenda. I feel like the only person that she's gonna have to watch out for because she's only gonna get better in time is fucking Big Lotto. Big is who Mega's gonna have to watch out for.
2: Yeah, Lotto hasn't hit her stride yet. But I feel like if Lotto
1: She will. She I don't will. know
2: if it's a matter of who's supporting her or who's not supporting her, but once Lotto hits her stride, it's going I do feel like she's gonna be a problem.
1: Um, she's definitely gonna I feel like she's gonna take over the game. And when if she gets that if she gets that one record that's like, oh shit. Yeah, it's over. Yeah.
2: And I also think that um Erica uh, can't remember her last name. But Erica Is it Erica Banks? Erica Banks, yes. Erica Banks. She's I think a if problem. She, I was like, oh shit. If she gets the right support too, she is going to be a problem. So, um, because she can shut Meg's lane down because she's also able to do that same style. But I also think that she's the only thing that I feel like is she's hungrier. She's she's getting to be hungrier than Megan because she's still at the bottom trying to get Trying to get relevancy, so don't let her get relevant and still be hungry. She she right. she'll shut that whole shit down, and you will hear
1: bars on her her album. It won't be oh yeah, it won't I be mean, just shaking ass e- shit. Her name is Erica Banks, and I've definitely heard them bars. Them bars is gonna send her ass right to the bank. Promise you that. So uh, T Pain had an interesting conversation.
2: I think he was on Drink Champs. Shout out to Drink Champs. Um, yes,
1: yes, he was on Drink Champs.
2: And he spoke a little bit about like working with people that uh, everything is good when he worked with them. But then they did some shit and fucked up the bag because like a song came out like maybe either during the the scandal or after, right after the scandal. So I'm going to let him talk about that a little bit. And then I want to see uh, kind of what, what you're feeling about it and if you've ever been in a situation like that. But let's go.
0: a lot of records with Chris Brown too you gotta stop why <laughs> like I mean I want I want this to make Instagram <laughs> yes, man, yes, yes, I don't know why niggas like fucking up when I want to put a record out really <laughs> Real. <laughs> soon as I put a record out for Chris he fucked up <laughs> I, ju- I just recorded a fucking record for Tory Lanez he fucked up I don't know I'm just not I'm just not good at it I mean I'm, I'm, I'm the I'm the hood bitch, the, the bitch in the hood that just picked the wrong
2: yeah bro <laughs> Yo, when I heard this clip, I was like, damn, son. Like it It's about did... to get crazy for that nigga life. That's a fact. But it did bring us, bring me back to a conversation that me and you had that was kind of similar, not so much in the similar vein, but around a time where you were figuring certain shit out, and me and you had that conversation. And we'll we'll probably talk more detail about that at a later time. But when I was saying, like, yo we're in a space now where we reflect each other. And so neither one of us can do nothing crazy. That's going to come back and hurt the other's brand and, or that individual in general. And so we have to be mindful of that because at the end of the day, regardless of if we think we're separated or not, when people see that dad has some Bowties brand is both of us. So if, is out here peeing on fucking cars, they gonna be coming to you like, yo, what's good with your man? And vice versa. So I don't know how you felt about what he was saying, especially about like, yo, he just worked with Chris and then Chris did some shit. And then he just worked with Tori and then Tori did some shit. And if you ever felt like you've been in a situation like that.
1: Well, yeah, well, you know, shout out to T-Pain for being vulnerable. I feel like, you know, by him spilling his truth, he definitely... He indirectly is fucking up relationships with Chris Brown and Tory Lanez, whether it was business or whether it was personal, whether it was both. That's, that's a fact. He's definitely fucking, <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 I mean, and Chris Brown, he's been working with, he was working with Chris Brown, but Chris Brown was still, like, early 20s. So you you got a history with Chris, Tory Lanez has only been out for the last five, six years. Chris Brown has been out for more than 10 years. You might be fucking that up, so I don't know. I mean, and this goes back,
2: you know what it is? I think Tor- I think T-Pain has already either come to the conclusion that he may not work with certain artists, and-, and I think he's probably had these conversations already. So he okay. may not be okay. fucking up, especially with Chris Brown. I feel like him and Chris Brown are solid. Tory has been a little bit sensitive about this Megan situation as of late.
1: Very. Um,
2: yeah. So I don't know in that regard, but I feel like T-Pain is in a space where I don't know if he feels like working
1: with Tori, Because he would have released that I- record... He definitely would have released it. Um, I think that I've been in that space, and I've also been the person to cause people to be like, "Snigger did some next level shit." So I've said this time and time again. Um, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Um, I'm not the finest weed in the dispensary. Um, I'm not the best looking shirt in the closet. But I feel like I I do my best to bring my best uh, foot forward and try to bring as much resources and um, creativity to the table as much as possible. However, there's definitely been times where I've dropped the ball, whether it was saying, doing something I said I was going to do, and I didn't do it, or I did do it, but I didn't do it in a timely fashion, and then there was a deadline, and it just didn't work out. Or I tried to bring people a part of something that was going to benefit both parties, and then drop the ball in the process because I wasn't as transparent if I needed help or I just didn't have this thing and it just didn't work out. Um, I'd be feeling like sometimes you, you can only have one person that is doing what it is that they're doing. And just because they're doing it and it looks great, that doesn't mean that they can also help you along the way. Um, maybe they're just good at just being that thing themselves, and you as their friend, you have to figure out your own shit. Because if you guys combine, it kind of takes away what that person was doing individually. If that makes any sense, it just, it for some reason sometimes it just doesn't work that way. Um, I think you know, there's times where you know, even even on the podcast, I'll be I'll be thinking back, like, damn, like. There's definitely some shit that either has happened or shit that was said that is like I don't think it's hurt the brand but it definitely make, makes niggas put the eyebrow up. eyebrows up like we're going to have to watch this nigga to sandwich or well, we're going to have to we're going to have to take a step back uh because sometimes I think with people that's either that know me or 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 think they know me cuz that right there is definitely a misconception. You, you get so used to seeing who this person is in one sense, and then when you see them do something else, you'd be like, "Oh that's not that person, but if you're somebody like x a b or d flow, you know my heart <laughs> and you you know how i am i'm i'm i I'm, I'm, I'm a very i'm a very complex at times can be complicated and in some instances controversial um so I'm not the easiest person to handle in terms of you know, temperament like, alright, am I willing to deal with this motherfucker? Or, you know, I'm 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 not always going to be the quietest person in the room. I'm 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 gonna speak my mind and I may not yell when I speak it, but I'm gonna speak it in a way that it, it shouldn't it shouldn't deter you from thinking how you think, but it's the the comment might be very left. It might be very like outlandish. It might be out there, but that's that's just how i am sometimes uh i don't in, intentionally want to come off that way but sometimes that's just how it comes off so yeah i think in the past even with the music you know we're not we're not going to talk about it but in the past you know I, if i'm feeling something right then and there i might just put the shit out or do the shit out of show where niggas is watching where niggas that's involved is in the room it's probably not a smart idea to do <laughs> but you get in the heat of the moment you fucking do this shit anyway, and um, your friend will tell you, hey, bro, you should have called me on that. We're trying to build this thing, nigga. You're about to hurt everybody's shit, <laughs> okay? You said some shit in there that was hurtful. You said some shit in there that, damn, that nigga really said that. that I mean, that was a bar, but da- I don't know if you should continue down this road, we might not have a friendship. So you might want to think about what you're doing because you're potentially fucking up a future bag. Not a bag in front of us, a future bag because you don't know what we can become. We can become bigger than this. So more moral of the story is I think that uh, what T-Pain is trying to say is kind of similar to the Charles Barkley situation. Uh, it's not on the agenda, but I definitely listened to it the other day. Charles Barkley said he's no longer friends with Michael Jordan because of a remark that Charles Barkley said on, you know, one of his platforms. As we know, mm. Charles Barkley is a, a correspondent. Um, oh, is it uh, ESPN?
2: No, nah, uh, TNT.
1: T- yeah, so um, long story short, he made a remark about Michael Jordan. I can't remember the remark. It was definitely about, like, it was obviously about basketball, but it was, it was more about, um, like, how nice he is as a person. And Charles Barkley was like, nah, not really. And some people say he probably should have had the conversation with Michael Jordan before he said what he said. And then some people are like, oh, that's that man's job to give opinions. I mean, that is that man's job to give an opinion. That's, his, that's, that's, his, that's been his career for the last 20-something years since he retired from basketball. So I don't know. I, I feel like it's dicey. I think if that's your friend, friend, your friend should understand why you say what you say because you're, you know, like that's like somebody getting mad at us for critiquing their music on the podcast. If I'm your friend and I've already told you, yeah, I don't really like think that was good or you might want to, and then we have to critique it because it's something that it's put on the agenda, agenda or if it's bubbling and we don't think uh, it's bubbling in a way that it should, nigga, you might hear us say that shit is trash. Or you might hear us say you didn't have enough bars. And to whoever the, you know, the, 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 the fan of the show is, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that you felt like we were attacking or trying to belittle Megan Thee Stallion. And we weren't, you know, in our hearts of hearts, you know, as The Good Brother said, we know the potential that she has to become a bigger star than she is today. She doesn't always have to resort to talking about sucking dick and having her pussy ate. We know she's much more than that. But that's really what she's been supplying us with, you know, since she's had her career in music. And every once in a while she'll give us a freestyle, but we feel like, you know, if she continues down this road of giving us some of those, you know, fire ass freestyles every once in a while, she could reach the level that, you know, we all know she could become in music. So, again, it's unfortunate that we have to have a reflection after when people do stupid shit in the past. But it just goes to show that, you know, maybe when you was collaborating with them or trying to do stuff with them, they wasn't even on the same level anyway. Um, Rihanna has a song called "You, You Needed Me. Sometimes you need that person for their energy. And then when it's no longer a thing, you realize that you weren't the problem. They were. Yeah. And I
2: think, honestly... I've been that. I've been that person. I. I remember when I was in college, and uh, at the time, it was my girlfriend and I. We were the head of an organization, and I could honestly say that I was the the wilder one of the two by far. And I feel like there were times, like you kind of said, or you alluded to, it was like I dropped the ball, and it probably left her feeling embarrassed or she felt like she had to cover for me because i might have said or did something a certain type of way anybody who knows me knows there is a very soft side of me where i will kind of let you get away with murder and then there is a very that side a very hard very like straightforward blunt I don't give a fuck how you feel about what I have to say to you because it's the truth side of me. And like at that time I would invoke that all the time, you know, like it's always going to be a part of me, but I would definitely, if someone said something a certain type of way, I'm letting you know exactly how I feel. There ain't no sugarcoating in it. And if you feel some type of way about it, you feel some type of way. I don't really particularly care Because I didn't say anything disrespectful to you. I just told you something that, from my perception, is true. And if you can't handle that, then that's a reflection on you. Like, that would be my mindset. And so I do feel like there were times where I've said or done things. And in her mind, she felt like, yo, this dude is really ruining the reputation of, like, what we got going on as well as this organization to some extent and I never said nothing overly crazy but when you deal with certain types of people I think and at that time it wasn't it wasn't as accepted to be as blunt as we are now it, we're talking about right. 20 we're talking about old 809 oh and, yeah oh yeah and being blunt was was scary to people people didn't like it when you was blunt You know, now we're in this space where social media, Donald Trump, and everything in between has made it a lot more acceptable, podcasting has made it a lot more acceptable for people to say, like, off-the-wall shit, and it not be 100% offensive, um, and also people just kind of be like, oh, that person is blunt. Ironically, we're also in one of the most sensitive times in history, which is kind of funny, but, um... Yeah, I've definitely been that person, like you said. And I've definitely been in situations where I feel like I'm working with somebody and then they did some shit or they're doing they they end up doing some shit and it kind of just ruins the plans. Now it's like, damn, we gotta take a whole step back. Just to be transparent for a second, Distinguish and I were in a group. Uh and it was a group of artists, it was like five or six of us. Um, at the time With D-Flow um, Oh yeah Oh my fucking god And I definitely feel like One of the The individuals at that time And we're cool now To You know We're, we're good now But one of the individuals At that time Was so much Focused on being The top nigga And being The Leader of the pack And the star of the show That, like, at times it actually would hinder us as a group. And that mindset, honestly, was one of the, I think, the pins that exploded what we had going on at the time. Because a lot of individuals in the group started to feel like, yo, this is not how I want to operate. I'm not like, you know what I mean? Like, it isn't about what this person wants to do. It's about what we want to do as a collective. So... Like, that was definitely one of the moments where I could definitely look back and be like, yo, this person, no matter how many conversations we're having, no matter what we're trying to do, because they have this perception of themselves that they don't want to let go of and that they want to try and force on everybody else, this shit is not going to work. And now we're fucking it up for everybody. Yeah. You know, there's just man. so many lessons in life, man, that. That we can kind of go back to and, and look at. But um, something dope did happen with Tory Lanez. And I personally, I don't know how I, I 100% feel about Tory. I'm just keeping it in a stack. I, I don't know what's really good with this situation. As the weeks have gone on, however, there are a lot of questions with that situation altogether. I'm not going to say this questions with Meg. I'm going to say this questions with that situation. Because if someone got shot in a traditional situation, and I'm not saying if to say that she's lying or not, I'm not putting that um, out there. But I'm just saying in traditional settings, when we're talking about a shooting, it normally doesn't take this long.
1: So It really doesn't. Either they
2: don't have enough evidence of whatever happened, or something is not adding up to a certain degree. I don't know. Um, and again, I don't. This is not a an attack on what Meg says happened or belittling that on my end. Every everybody else is entitled to feel however however they feel about it. But for me, this is just more so on. Typically, a situation like this wouldn't take that long to get to the bottom of. Um. And so a lot of people are starting to feel like that lends credence to Tori and he's getting some momentum um, in the public eye. So I don't really know what all of that means. But for me, I don't I just still don't know how I feel about Tori. However, he did drop uh, I think it was a seven or nine song album as an NFT which, don't ask me to explain because I'm still kind of having a hard time explaining
1: it. I'm damn still, self. yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out. I mean, I, I heard what he said because he talked about it and then somebody else explained it. I was like, I still don't get it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just don't know what the value... You know, for any who are very lost on it, I can explain it to a certain degree. It's basically like a piece of, of digital art um, that you place a value on. And then you sell it and then someone buys it and it's like an exclusive piece of art. Like, so for this case, Tori sold apparently he sold about a million copies of this NFT album. Um and he says he sold it in about a minute. Whatever. I don't I ain't getting into that. But he sold it and now these are the only copies of this album that exists. So there's only a million of these um and let's say within let's say within a year tory is the number one artist in the world this nft project might be worth let's say 30 grand each copy that you have and now you can sell it off and every time someone else sells it after you still get a percentage of what they sell so Oh shit, we're we going into a different space now Oh shit. So the only piece that I'm still kind of confused about Is like the digital art aspect of it Because technically, like, we could sell any episode of Dad Hats and Bowties as an NFT Now naturally, it would have to be something that's super exclusive Where it's like, yo, we're selling our Shiggy interview Only as an NFT And you have to buy it And then you know, like, it's such an exclusive. Our brand would have to be so big at that point, though, that it's like, yo, it's such an exclusive that there's so much demand out there that everybody trying to buy this interview and get what was said in this interview or whatever the case is. But to me, that's, like, still kind of where I'm in the, up in the air about, like, how does the value, like, increase so much? But, yeah, so typically it's, like, digital. Anything digital art-related and... You can sell it. But um do you feel like this is the future of, of what artists will do with albums?
1: I don't think every artist could do this. Mm. I think if Tory, if Tory has been successful in doing this, Tori has placed himself in the exclusive artist category. Tory is now an exclusive artist because he might do some shit where it's specifically NFT. And you're never gonna get that shit on no other project. Or he may do certain records that cat that is now categorized as NFT and it's so fucking exclusive. You know, he said he said he sold this project for fucking a dollar. His next project, he might be selling that shit for $25. Niggas might cop it. And that's just the truth. They they might cop the shit. Well, if you, you, know, you buy, if ne- you
2: bought this shit for a dollar and in six months is worth 10 G's, then yes. Yeah. Man. So
1: I think that if Drake drops his project like an NFT, I mean, Drake might not be affordable to the average nigga anymore. <laughs> like, he might not be, you know, because now we're talking about a whole different type of bag that has been creative has now been created by this digital situation that will have artists probably doing records that they normally don't do, but it's exclusively an NFT thing. And only certain artists like Beyonce and Hope, they might start doing shit like that. And it might make sense. It I think it all depends and comes down to your brand. What has your brand been alluding to up until this point, for you to now say, alright cool, I'm no longer doing the average record or the average album I'm no longer putting shit on iTunes or shit, shit is exclusively NFT you gotta ask yourself as an artist, what do you need to do cause at, at some point you gotta look at your followers, look at your brand look at what you've done individually, look at what you stand for, because in terms of Tory, I mean I hate to say it, but it's like you know, and I mean this in a a figurative way, not a literal way. this motherfucker can't die like he like he's had plenty of situations that happen to him that it's like nothing has really at least on the outside looking at nothing has really affected him to do anything he wants to do. I mean this motherfucker is like he's like walking on the water of music right now Legit. i mean this is likened
2: to the the Hove Magna Carta situation. If you ask me, yeah,
1: yeah, you know this I mean? is that. Yeah, this is that Hove Magna Carta. You know, we're gonna we, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a deal with Sprint, and we're gonna sell a million fucking copies. Well, you know, get downloaded, and then boom! Now I'm platinum. His his shit just went platinum.
2: You know, only artistically. Artistically, I I must say, once Tory started to be to be himself. And step into himself as an artist, you saw a dramatic change and increase. Oh, a dr- in, dramatic change in yeah. his ability to output at an exponential level. Um, again, as an individual, there's so much for us to really figure out what's going on with some of the decisions that I guess he's made within the last two years. But Hopefully as, he's in therapy. Yeah, but artistically, I would I will say that. And I do feel like the NFT wave is going to start picking up with artists. Um, I just don't know what the exclusive component will be that they decide to package and/or put with albums. Like I feel like albums will come out and to because there needed, there needed to be something that pushed consumers back to buying full albums. A lot of consumers are just streaming now. So yeah, and they buy it, singles, and
1: then that's
2: it. Right, so if you can push... If you could push people to buy albums by saying, yo, only 30 of these are going Or 30,000 of these are going to exist. And... You know what I mean? Like, we're going to sell it. Whatever sells out, sells out. And at the end of the day, if you got the album, you got the album. I think you'll see a lot of people rushing... To do that, or if you buy it as an NFT, you get this particular token. You get a token that is an NFT. Like whether it's like a particular piece of artwork that only those who bought the album as an NFT get. And this token is gonna to be worth it's like it's almost like buying a trading card. You get a trading card, and in ten years, something that costs you maybe five dollars in a pack is gonna be worth a hundred thousand dollars. I think with that illusion out there, yeah, you will have people, fans and money hungry individuals saying, yo, we gotta start hopping on this NFT and you'll see artists getting a lot of money for it. Like like
1: Oh yeah yeah artists are gonna become stupid fucking rich off this shit. Like if you they're said not like, already rich already.
2: Like Tori sold his album for a dollar. Like like I said If in, I don't remember the percentage, but if in, again, six months, this album is now worth $10,000 or something like that. Tory still is going to make money if I sell it for for $10,000. Tory is still going to make a a quick whatever the percentage is off of that sale. So it's a smart thing that, that artists should start to look into. Big artists, of course not i mean some little artists might catch a little lick but this is yeah, working depends, with yeah. with big yeah bigger brands um speaking of we have one of the biggest pop artists to ever like well that has graced us in fucking the longest period of time and has an amazing voice um and that is lizzo however it seems like she's been Facing hate uh, Ever since she dropped her new single I don't know exactly what it is uh, I did look at some of What she had to say It seems like It's either people are coming at her Because she's black Or it seems like people are coming at her Because she's a black woman Or a big black woman And so Whatever it is My question is Is she an easy target for mi- miserable people? Because this has come up several times now
1: I think Lizzo is Because I think Lizzo's naturally a happy person and Lizzo is also a Taurus Taurus up so I feel like naturally when you're dealing with a Taurus energy a Taurus atmosphere we're naturally happy people and we're naturally giving loving nurturing like we want to be there we want to be support systems and we're a little bit of everything we're a little bit of ratchet a little bit of classy a little bit of sophisticated ratchet. we're a little bit of all of that we're a little bit of talking fast you know what I mean it's just that's just how the fuck we are I, I think that People hate Lizzo because Lizzo is exactly who she is. And people hate Lizzo because she's exactly who they want to be and they can't. Because mm-hmm. they're not comfortable in their own skin. They haven't gotten to a level where they're able to talk like Lizzo. To, to walk like Lizzo. to You know what I mean? To, to uh, step in rooms and be as confident as Lizzo possibly has to be. Because she's a bigger woman. Because Lizzo is not your average sides, too, because Lizzo is not just beautiful, because she is beautiful, let's not get it fucked up, let's not get it twisted, Um, and she walks with the sense of awareness, like she knows who she is, there's a lot of things that Lizzo does that we've already said on the podcast and episodes back that we both don't agree with, you know, sometimes she can be a bit obnoxious, sometimes she can be a bit um, too boisterous, Um, sometimes she can be a bit too much. But I feel like for the most part, when you're looking at her artistically, she has substance, number one. Her music is not just she's just making pop music. Like No, she finds a good niche and a good way of bringing the hip hop elements into pop and also bringing the pop elements into hip hop. She has a nice core blend. So whoever has been a part of her team since, you know, whenever I first I first heard Lizzo four years ago when I was in the United Kingdom. That's when I fucking knew. I was like, oh, yeah, Lizzo is going to be something. This was years ago. This was before I started hearing her on mainstream radio in New York. So, you know, she's definitely had a, a great um, trajectory in terms of how she's been able to catapult herself to the charts and also how she's been able to catapult herself into our hearts. Like, a lot of people that probably don't listen to her type of music have started to listen to her type of music because her shit is her shit plays on multiple radio stations like... Not just hip-hop, not just Z100, not just KTU. Like, her shit is everywhere. Like, she's definitely a fucking international star, that ass. Um, But I think people just find her an easy target because she's everything that they want to be and everything that um, they can't all at the same time. So shout out to fucking Lizzo, man. Keep doing your thing, baby girl. We love you.
0: Well, I've got some red meat for you. We're not going to let Joe Biden and Kamala Harris cut America's meat.
2: (laughs) We are at some of y'all favorite uh, part of the show, and that is the politics segment. We're just going to run through these things, man. Um, And then we're going to get out of here, but we got to start off with the news of last week, and that is Cuomo resigned. Um... I'm going to be honest with y'all audience. I'm going to keep it a stack. I don't know how I feel about it. And I'm going to just say why. Again, I don't get it twisted. And I don't want nobody mincing my words, fucking up my meanings or anything like that. I totally, 100% feel for the women who felt embarrassed, who felt humiliated, who felt violated by some of the alleged actions by Cuomo. And on that capacity, I will not speak. I'm not going to say who is lying or not lying. Like, I'm not getting into the realm of that. But what I will say, and I, I want people to listen very clearly and very carefully, is we have to really and truly start to keep our eyes and ears open in terms of, and we, I think we need new terms, honestly, because some of the alleged sexual harassment that has happened is very up in the air type of scenarios. And, and, and to me, that's just the reality. Like, It may, it could go either way. It could have just been a greeting or it could have been him being an uncomfortable creep. If if you are used to greeting people a certain type of way, if you're used to greeting people with a hug and a kiss on the cheek, then that's what you do. You hug and you kiss people on the cheek. And yes, on the flip side, there could be a creep-ass nigga out there that does that to get a free feel or to get close to a woman or to... Do something that they're not supposed to be doing So I understand And that is why The sexual harassment Terminology is so broad Because Some nigga could give you A, a hug should be a neutral thing But unfortunately you got niggas out here Who Just do stupid shit And they'll they hug in And and now that is now a sexual harassment thing At the workplace Because they're only hugging the female coworkers And they're doing it inappropriately and it's leading to some other shit and it's just uncomfortable and it's not cool. And and no one should ever feel like they don't want to go to their workplace because they have to now deal with somebody sexually or physically harassing them. So on that tip, I'm 100 percent, you know, for the victims in this case, the alleged actions uh, made them feel uncomfortable. And I, I stand by that. It's just that some of these actions are very, it's it's middle ground and to just deem a person a, a sexual harasser off of off of them is just a little bit hard for me. I, I think that inappropriate at the workplace um, is a little bit more suitable for some of the allegations. It's my opinion. Not saying that, there should be no punishment or anything added to that, but I just feel like when we lump everything together sometimes it's very hard to determine the difference between because all the public hears is sexual harassment and when sexual harassment can literally be either yo basically so we I just did a sexual harassment training for my job and the basis of a sexual harassment claim is unwanted and sexual in nature. Those are the only two things that need to be presented in order to call it sexual harassment. Now, unwanted is a personal choice. I could be cool with somebody hugging me for a week, and then the next week I could say, I don't want to be hugged. And now that same action... Is unwanted. And then anything in the realms of, like, any types of physicality um, or any type of, of verbal that can be taken or deemed a certain type of way is considered sexual harassment. So it's just very broad. And it just can lead to a lot of different things. So when we just take sexual harassment allegations and then tell somebody that they should resign or tell somebody that they should get fired or whatever, when the terminology is so broad, I just think we need more levels to it. Like, in this particular case, and some of them is like, again, is a hug and kiss at a holiday party. If that is deemed to be inappropriate and sexual harassment, cool. But there needs to be like a level to it because, again, I think that it's no coincidence to me that they keep harpening, harpening on the word sexual harassment but not talking about the claims at all. They're not even talking about, like, what specifically happened in some of them. And then when you go and you read them, some of them, are, uh, it's like, well, damn, if I was at a holiday party, and there might be a co-worker that I gave a hug to. And that is, it's, it's happened before. I have co-workers who came to me and gave me a hug and a kiss. And it's like because it wasn't unwanted, like in the terms of I didn't have an issue with it, it's not sexual harassment. But sometimes you may not know that. Maybe that person having a terrible day or maybe something happened and and now it's unwanted. And now they go and they they make a claim. Now, I'm not saying that any sexual harassment is ever that trivial, um, but there are situations that have arisen like that. Not with me. I'm not saying that. Um, But in general, like we're just. Person just wasn't fucking with it. Maybe for that day. Maybe they just wasn't cool with it. You know what I'm saying? Or like in the training they brought up a scenario where it's like, yo, you dated somebody at the workplace and everything that you used to do while dating was cool. And then y'all broke up and you still kinda did certain things that you used to do when dating. I would not recommend that for anybody. But I wouldn't recommend nobody dating nobody at the workplace in general. That's facts. me. Um but with with that whole scenario, now that person may not have been aware that you was like so adamant that they shouldn't do this thing anymore. And you just have, you make a sexual harassment claim, which you should, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, now this person has that scarlet letter on them and it could be as simple as a misunderstanding. And that's my my, my overall point. If some some of these things could be as simple as a misunderstanding in in regards to yo oh you know I I agree people like that I didn't know that it made you feel uncomfortable I won't do it again, but sometimes that grace isn't going to be offered sometimes a person will be like no nah, I'm going straight to HR because this shit is ridiculous I don't like it and da da da, da. and I think that in those cases uh, we just need we need better verbiage we need different levels because just a blanketed. This person is a sexual harasser now. I think it gets super tricky, but that's me.
1: Yo, you you spoke for the for the both of us. All all I'm gonna say is this: the transition of, you know the the power that's now being given to our next and first uh, woman to become governor of this state is too fast. It's too abrupt. And again, Trump has said, and possibly have done, far more worse things than Governor Cuomo. Um, it's just very interesting that this is how the cookie crumbles. It is, mm-hmm. and and that is, and, the, and, and that's
2: my only take. And I mean, I'll go a little bit further. I'm not saying that this has anything to do with the accusers, but it just felt like the hyenas were circling for the red meat to drop. It it feels like people were waiting for something to happen to Cuomo. It felt like they were, they, I, don't, I don't know if everybody remembers, but originally they was trying to take him down regarding him being a bully in meetings. And when that didn't catch traction the way they thought it would, then next thing you know, these allegations started to be screamed from the rooftops, and again, the alleg- I'm not. I'm not talking about the allegations themselves, but I'm talking about the media coverage and how it was presented. Like Cuomo was in the news every every night for a while about, oh my god, he yelled at this dude during a meeting, and it's New York. New York is like, who the fuck cares? <laughs> like. Okay.
1: A, we all were saying that shit.
2: <laughs> okay, he yelled at a nigga during a meeting. Like, who cares? But, of course, nobody plays with sexual harassment. And, again, I'm not saying that was manufactured. If the allegations were there, the allegations were there. But it just seemed like there's been such a spotlight on negative things regarding him ever since people started to talk about him potentially being a presidential a nominee at some point in time, and it just it just feels weird. It feels weird if and it feels like uh, there are politicians in New York that don't fuck with him, don't like him, and again they were just waiting for something to come up, and when it did, they said, "Let's get it. Let's let's do what we got to do and get him to fuck up out of here." So, I mean, I don't know. Again, to the allegations and to the victims, a hundred percent. Y'all deserve y'all day um, in court and uh, y'all deserve whatever compensation or necessary things need to happen. And if you felt violated, embarrassed, or disgusted, you have every right to and do what y'all got to do. Um, It's the outside entities that make this seem weird or feel weird, not the people involved, not not the, the victims involved, but... The outside entities that seem to like just jump on it just was uh, very interesting, especially in terms of like you said, you have people that have done far worse. um, And it's just been like, I mean, it ain't even a big deal. But when it comes to this, it's like. Even even in most organizations, some of the allegations would lead to this nigga going to a sexual harassment training. That's what it would lead to. And then they would going to have right. to go to a sexual harassment training. He wouldn't... You, you wouldn't ask somebody to resign off of it. So... And... This is a fact. I literally just did a virtual training for my job. Not because of any incident. Don't get it fucked up or twisted. Um, but just as protocol. Because most jobs, if not all jobs in New York, you have to take a sexual harassment training. Um, but... Yeah, and that was literally, they were going through some of the, the, the situations and they were talking about. You know what I mean? Like, what are the levels? If you did X, Y, and Z, this is most likely going to lead to a conversation with your supervisor. If you do this, that, and the third, this is probably going straight to HR. If if you all the way fucked up and did some shit, you're going to jail. <laughs> the cops are coming, and type shit. So, um, just very interesting, for sure. I, I, I'm mixed on it. Um, but if this is the best thing for New York Then this is the best thing for New York And if um, And again For the victims If this is the best thing for the victims Then this is the best thing See you later Cuomo uh, It is what it is yeah.
1: See you later Afghanistan man This shit is crazy bro Yo this shit Now this shit is T bro <laughs> The shit I'm hearing on the news about this shit I'm like, there's no way this is really happening, but it's really happening. Bro, did you see the the video of the plane
2: taking off and the niggas jumped on the plane? Nah, I didn't see that. Oh, my God. God. Yo, there's a plane, that a U.S. embassy plane was taking off, and the Afghani people are chasing it, and they jump on it, and they're holding on to the sides of the plane, bro. The plane is taking off and in the air, going in the air, and niggas is holding on to it, bro. So, for those who don't know some those who are behind in the times, we have decided to withdraw from Afghanistan. This has been in place since Trump. Yeah. Um, Biden went through with it, and as soon as we said we was dipping, the Taliban said, "We are taking over." And now a lot of the uh, Afghani people are trying to get the fuck up out of Dodge. And so now a lot of people are saying this was a mistake. I mean, this is hindsight being 2020, but what do you think, bro? Was this a mistake? And what's the most strategic way that Knicks could deal with this?
1: I was having a conversation with one of my friends, and we were talking about Haiti, which, ironically, that's the last item on the agenda. It was saying there are certain countries that obviously they do need a superpower to help govern and run their country because their political power structures that they have in place are not fit morally to lead the people. They're ultimately going to lead to the people's demise. And I think Afghanistan is one of those countries where their leaders, no matter, and this is no disrespect to anybody that is um, practicing Islam, um, you know, They use a lot of their Islamic beliefs in a very negative and derogatory way, both towards their, you know, women and children. And at the same time, how they govern their people and how they try to govern their nation. Hence why, for the most part, America's presence has been there. And even, you know, before this, I mean, even when, you know, you know, the whole tower situation happened, which the anniversary, the 20 year anniversary is literally this September 11, which is crazy that that happened. 20 years ago that's fucking insane um there's just a lot of people that come into power and for whatever reason the only thing on their agenda is to fuck shit up and not in a good way in a bad way you know they're, you know they, they, they there's a thrill that comes from seeing people die there's a thrill that comes from you know having people be held captive there's a thrill that comes from allowing you know women to get raped and and beat and slaughtered and you know children to you know grow up you know being three four five years old knowing how to shoot a gun before they know how to read a book it's it's (laughs) the cycle is vicious and i can only imagine what those people go through on a day-to-day i follow this page on instagram called we are peace and we are peace you know just has global things that happen all across the world and every every other day they post photos of like kids growing up in like very like you know, very tough environments and then also kids that are, you know, in the environment and bringing it down by, you know, having guns in their hands or, you know, killing, you know, their, their parents and or killing each other. It's it's a vicious cycle, man. I, I think that we may have made a misstep in this, uh, a big misstep, because once you start pulling out, shit, ain't no turning back. <laughs> ain't no turning back. Yeah, I mean, it's so, it's such a,
2: such an intricate thing because on one hand, we've had a lot of advocates and groups and individuals screaming that Western politics has no place in any other country. And on one level, I think we all probably agree with that. I think we all agree with the notion that we, don't need to be meddling in everybody's business. But at the same time, I think this is a prime example of one of those situations where people don't know 100% what they're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like like you said, some intervention might be necessary and it's not always about white people trying to dominate people of color, which a lot of it always is. And I'm not saying that that doesn't happen at all. I don't get that twisted. But in some instances, your national security, and I know I probably sound mad like nationalist right now, but your, your national security does hinder on what's happening overseas. And, the influence of what's happening overseas going one way or the other. And what I mean by that is, like you said, sometimes the people that want to rise to power want to rise to power just to have power and just to do certain things and keep things in a certain type of way. And there are other people that maybe aren't as bad as those individuals in terms of that mindset. And maybe we'll get the support or backing of the global world. And I think it all all plays off of each other, right? Like if we have more of a positive view of government and how governments work and what their interests are, then I think we would look at some of America's national security policies a little bit different. But because we have so much distrust, And because we feel like the intentions of government are oftentimes counter to what the people need or want. And more so within the interest of what will make uh, the people in power stay in power and rich. We are always skeptical when people say, oh, we got to do this and we got to do that. There might have been, like you said them them there might have been a reason to stay in in Afghanistan just a little bit longer um and this might have been a misstep especially since as you brought up 20th anniversary of 911 is coming up and there are there's a lot of chatter regarding terrorist attacks and it's from three different angles right now you got the Taliban who look at 911 as a national holiday You got uh, the COVID restriction fighters, people who feel like COVID uh, restrictions, anything dealing with masks, uh, anything dealing with mandates, anything dealing with this pandemic in general, in terms of the government stepping in, is an overreach. And they feel like they have to overthrow or they feel like they have to fight against the government before the government continues to take more power away from the people they feel like this is the beginning and if we don't do something now we're going to end up in- enslaved and then you have the people who still support trump and still believe that biden is an illegitimate president and that somehow some way the forces of trump are going to come together and overthrow biden and this is prophesized some way some shape somehow and all of this is just leading to, in my opinion, some type of wild attack is gonna happen. And I don't I I wish not. I hope not. But it just seems like very destable in the world right now. We got water shortages in Colorado, I believe, the Great Lakes, in which now they're gonna start rationing water. We ain't never been here before. <laughs> we ain't never been here before. So the destabilization of everything is still well in effect like the lingering aspects of that last presidency are still here and the fissures might be getting worse we 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 can't we can't agree on masks we can't agree on masks like that's that's really a political issue if wearing a mask is going to keep you from getting sick or not i always get a cold I ain't got not one cold since I started wearing masks so I mean for me scientifically, it just works now it being mandated and things like that you can make an argument in some instances, but in others i'm I don't know I don't know I just I understand people under like their freedom they don't want to be told what to do um but I do think that we all give up certain freedoms just to even exist in the country at certain points in time not to say that it should be ever become a norm because it shouldn't but um i do feel like we're just all in these extreme areas and we can't reach the middle and that is a problem like when america gets to these extremes it's very hard to reel us back and nine times out of ten the thing that does reel us back is unfortunately an attack and I i hope that's not the case but that's that's typically how we work, and it's crazy.
1: We're not ready for an attack um, at all. Our only fucking ally, really, when you really look at, you know, superpowers and nations and sovereigns is England. Russia don't fuck with us like that. Yes, we do business with China. China don't fuck with us like that. Um, all we have is England, and we don't even fucking stand a chance to China alone, nor fucking... Uh, Russia and and then and speaking about those two countries let's not forget about fucking India with the oil let's not let's not ever get the shit twisted like let's not ever get the shit twisted man we we're in a very precarious situation and America has also found themselves in a very precarious um predicament in terms of positioning I don't think we've been positioned properly um since we've had Trump as a president And now we are experiencing what I like to call the ripple effects. These are the ripple effects. There's things that have been in place that were already being affected um, outside of politics. You know, global warming is still a real thing. He just talked about Colorado. I didn't even know that. Uh, We know that there's still wildfires blazing in fucking California. This shit is not a fucking game. This shit is not a game. A lot of scientists predict a lot of these states are going to be underwater in a fucking few years. There's nothing we can do. There's no reversing it. They're irreversible. It's gonna. It's it's inevitable. You know what I mean? We 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 gotta we gotta we got a lot of shit to figure out fast because we don't have much time. Uh, so yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely in agreement in terms of a, a more humanistic approach about we have to. Put aside possibly a lot of our personal viewpoints on, you know, for instance, mask, whatever is going to be for the greater good of the fucking society. I mean, shit, I don't want to fucking wear these shits either, but whatever is going to help the race go at least so that we can, you know, have another thousand years, you know, after we're dead and then the other, you know, um, offsprings of the offsprings can survive and and get to, you know, year 3000. We got to do everything in our power to make that shit happen from now. reality, Because if we don't, we just fucking playing ourselves, you know? And and, and speaking about uh, playing ourselves, I I think, I don't know what's really happening. I feel like the powers that be is just really allowing, you know, Mother Nature to really have its course. Haiti, our beloved Haiti, cannot fucking catch a break. I mean, Haiti just experienced an earthquake in Port-au-Prince, 7.2 magnitude. They're saying that this earthquake was almost the equivalent, if not more than the damage that happened back in 2011 when Haiti was struck by that earthquake that killed millions of Haitians. Mm-hmm. And and Haiti has yet to even fully recover from that. And we're talking almost 10 years ago. Uh, actually, we are talking 10 years ago. As of this January, we'll probably make it official 10 years. Listen, man, my heart and prayers and thoughts goes out to any Haitian that has ever supported this podcast to your friends and families and loved ones that have experienced the earthquake um, that has happened this past weekend. Um, as some of you guys may know, I'm a part of two Haitian organizations. Um, both of them are non profits One of them is called IHOME, the International Humanitarian Outreach Ministries. and The other one is called Hill Haiti. I'm not quite acclimated, and I'm not quite in conversations with the other organizations that are out there that are trying to assist and aid our brothers and sisters in Haiti. But if you guys want to donate to a reputable source, I highly recommend donating to I Home or donating to Um Heal Haiti. So if you want more information, just you know just reach out to me. You know at the end of the show, you know when you guys uh, get to this part, um, I'll definitely be putting up some um, relief efforts um, that I've been seeing from other reputable organizations and uh, people on the uh, the ground moving both in Haiti and in the States, um, that you guys can donate to, because there's a lot of people out there that's just taking money and they're not doing shit with it. There's a lot of people out there that are creating fake accounts and once the money goes in there, nothing is happening with it. You don't hear updates. Um, so just be careful with who you're sending money to and donating uh, things to because uh, people are also looking at the tragedy, which we know is true. People also look at the tragedy as a come up. So just be careful
2: Well said, my brother What is the tough knot?
1: The tough knot is I mean, at the end of the day It takes us to make it happen You know, outside of You know, black, white, gay, straight uh, Right, wrong, left, right We are indeed one human race But we need to start acting like it Because we won't be able to finish this we won't be able to finish the race if we don't get on one track, one accord. We got to be more humane. We got to be more uh, humanistic. We have to be more uh, willing to compromise as a race, you know, as a whole, as a as a human functioning body of of people. Because, I mean, we are really the ones that can either set a good pace forward. Or set a bad pace back. And we know how far we've come just as a human society. So what else is it going to take for us to continue to move forward? Because right now we're in a very stagnant position. And the earth is still moving. And the days are still coming. But as a human race, we're definitely running out of time.
2: You know... I had a beautiful conversation with one of my friends earlier today who uh, they were concerned about some of their actions and how their actions may affect others that maybe don't necessarily live the, the same lifestyle as they do. And I told her, I said, listen, at the end of the day, it's very simple. You normally will fall outside of the isms and the obias if you lead with love. And that's really all it comes down to. If you're leading with love, nine times out of ten, you're not going to offend. And if you do offend, you're, you're quick to apologize because you're not, that's not your intention. And you won't fall into sexism's. You won't fall in the racisms. You won't fall in the xenophobias. You won't fall in the homophobias. You won't fall in any of the isms and obias. And so I encourage everybody to look at their actions and themselves. And when you feel like, yo, am I outside of what, quote unquote, is the norm in today's society just look to see if you're leading with love because if your question is coming from a place of love or if your action is coming from a place of love or something that you said is coming from a place of love even if it is misinterpreted or even if it may not have been said in the the most correct way or even if maybe you meant whatever it is that you said but just not in a malicious way if it's coming from a place of love, then nine times out of ten, the people around you, as this thing was said earlier, should know your heart. And if they don't, you should still be able to get that out of the way and then have an actual conversation where both people grow and develop. Another episode of Dad's of Bow Ties. And, Bowties. and uh, I think we gave y'all a lot.
1: Shit. Definitely did give y'all a lot. Great episode. We out. Peace. Peace.